Live from the backstretch at historic Saratoga Racecourse, this is Racing Across America with Seth Merrow. Racing Across America is brought to you by Pennell's Restaurant, a Saratoga tradition since 1922. 284 Jefferson Street, Saratoga, just minutes from the track. And the Clubhouse Racebook, 711 Central Avenue, Albany. When you can't make it to the track, make it to the Clubhouse Racebook. Good morning and welcome to Racing Across America live from Saratoga. It's Travers Day, as I said earlier, the exclamation point on the meet every year, and this year is going to be no exception. Uh, the winners from each of the three Triple Crown races, last year's two-year-old champion and more, uh, and a great undercard of stakes uh, as well. So it looks like a really great day up here. Racing-wise, the weather is turning out to be very, very nice as well with the sun poking through. I think we have a great day ahead, so looking forward to it. On today's show... Big day tomorrow as well. It's New York Showcase Day, so I've invited Naj Thompson over, Executive Director of the New York Breeders, so we'll talk a little bit about tomorrow. And uh, the New York Breds are going to be honoring some of them. There'll be a little ceremony for Funny Side uh, as well. That's all tomorrow. We'll talk a little bit about that later on. But top of the show, happy to be joined now by Ramiro Restrepo, uh, one of the owners of Mage, uh, the Kentucky Derby winner, and as I said, with the uh, winner of each of the three Triple Crown races coming in. It's going to be a fun uh, Travers, no doubt about it. Ramiro, good morning. Good morning. Thank you for having me on. Uh, everyone couldn't be more excited for today, I think, as a fan, a horse player, horseman. This is what everyone dreams of, all the, the best horses being able to line up and having an epic throwdown. So uh, I'm all pumped. I was going to ask you excitement level. Here it is. I know you. the horse has been in town. You've been in town in and out. Um, we'll talk a little bit about that as well. But, but here we are the morning, 9 o'clock morning of the Travers. What's the excitement level? That's just through the roof. It's game time. You know, this is what uh, this is what we, what we do it for. Uh, everyone from the guys back at the barn to all the partners. I mean, this is why you work hard, you sacrifice, and you put all your efforts. All the horses in this race are super talented, and uh, they all can make a case for winning it. And, you know, this is why everybody lines up in the gate to yeah. see whose horse is the fastest. Uh, for folks who aren't familiar, uh, whenever I get people back here, kind of new folks, uh, we have a great horse racing uh, fan base audience, and so I like to do a little uh, matching up the name in the program to, to what's behind that and talk a little bit about how you, how you got in the game from re- doing my own research. There was a lot of family connections, obviously. Uh, definitely. I was very lucky. I'm fifth-generation horseman. Um, my grandfather came here in the late 60s, and with his, with his family of seven, my mother was the youngest of them, but two of my uncles, um, Louis Alvarez and Harold Alvarez, they were you know, longtime trainers here at, at, uh, at in the New York Racing Association, my grandfather also, and um, lucky to just to have been born into the game. Uh, these tracks, including Saratoga, were my playgrounds growing <laughs> up, and I think I've only missed three Saratoga meets in my life. So I learned how to bet the horses here at the age of 10. I, uh, I led over my first horse from the barn to the paddock on race day in the Sanford, uh, which was a, an amazing experience. So this is a very special place. I'm, I'm a guy from Amsterdam, and that's where the whole Sanford name came from. So that's one of, it's a special race uh, to me up here uh, as well. Um, I know I, we were trying to get you on earlier in the meet. You were headed out of town. Talk a little bit about what you do on kind of the, uh, the buying side because you were over in Europe kind of taking a look at some horses recently. Sure. The, you know, the meat and potatoes of my, of my business is I, uh, I'm a bloodstock agent. Uh, Marquee Bloodstock is my, my agency name. Uh, we just participate in sales all over the world and 
Uh, I've been lucky to do a horse racing business in 12 different countries. Uh, this time of summer, right after the Facing Tipton uh, main select sale and New York bread sale, Arcana in Doval, France, the northern France, they have an incredible uh, yearling sale. So went over there not only to hopefully buy one, but yeah. also to sell one uh, oh. that I had bought in December there and kept it overseas. So we were able to sell this really nice Hello Yumzing Colt, um, which was fantastic. And then we purchased a really nice Siuni filly, uh, who's the sire of St. Mark's Basilica, Sotsas, the one the art for Peter Brandt, um, Paddington, which is a really nice horse at the moment. And she was out of a uh, Frankel mare, who's a half to a three-time grade one winner in Charm Spirit. So we you know, paid a, a premium, but, um, you know, she's a collector's item and she's going to stay and run in France. I was going to say, you race over there, come over here, so you have some horses racing over in Europe. Yeah, this is going to be my first experiment oh, nice. with that and uh, just very happy to have a great partner in JR Ranch that uh, they, they bought one uh, at the Royal Ascot sale, brought it over here to run fourth in the uh, Grade 2 Hall of Fame a couple weeks ago and uh, just, you know, love the crossover effect. The racing is becoming... You know, uh, the international racing is becoming such a tight-knit thing with the advent of online sales yeah. and the ability to travel and, you know, just to be able to expand your reach, you know. And I, I love the bloodstock business and love to touch all aspects of it. So, you know, here's to hopefully more doors opening up and more success. Yeah, we had Jesse Eulery from FASIC on the other day, and we had uh, some guys from uh, Keeneland on as Great. well. And we were talking about the, the how technology has changed, the, you know, virtual auctions now, but people oh, yeah. can also sit... Uh, wherever they are and, and bid, but it's always fun to to be in the arena as well. And, and I tell people if they've never been up to the sale, come up because uh, it's just it's kind of electric. And the New York bread sale up here has become very popular too. Did you participate in, in, in either of the sales up here? I participated in the main sale. We bought a really beautiful Omaha Beach Colt. Um, he's going to be trained by Gustavo Delgado as well. And uh, again, we partnered up at JR Ranch for this horse. And uh, beautiful, beautiful Spendthrift bred Colt. Uh, very, very excited about his prospects going forward out of an intimate shift mare. So you have all the, the right ingredients, yeah, hopefully, yeah. for another uh, fantastic experience. But I did not participate in the New York bread sale. I was just a spectator there. But uh, just amazing to see how the New York bread program is just, yeah. you know, exploding and uh, really doing well. Positive results in the sales ring on the racetrack. And, can't be more happier with that. Yeah, no question about it. All right, I pulled up uh, some replays, and I'd love to have you comment on them as we take a look. And the first one is the obvious one. We're going to take a look at the Kentucky Derby, a field of 18 <laughs> here, and it's going to be number eight, Mage, winning Javier Castellano on board. Two fills runs very big to be second. I liked Angel of Empire, decent little third from that one. Disarm was back uh, this afternoon, runs fourth in here. But again, you know, a guy who, as you say, fifth generation, you've been around the game the, the, your whole life. Just talk about this stretch run and, and winning the Kentucky Derby with Mage. Oh, man, I'm, I'm getting goosebumps just watching <laughs> this. Uh, I try to watch this pretty frequently. It's it was just a beautiful experience, a great training job by Gustavo. Uh, what an effort from the Colt himself. Uh, from the three, it's home. I, was, I just started rooting him home, and a lot of virtual jockeys out there bringing him <laughs> home. It was what were your expectations going in? Because I'm sure everybody who goes has some confidence, but, you know, can you realistically think, oh, yeah, we're going to win the Derby, or do you go in, you know, hoping, and then they come down the stretch, and it's just all the dreams come true? Sure. Well, I mean, I'm a horse player and a, and an, and a horse uh, analyst first. You know, that's how uh, my, my involvement in the business first started, watching races and trying to read the PPs. That's how I learned to read. So uh, I felt going into the race that there were the big four 
uh, Derby prep winners, which were Tapit Trice on the Bluegrass, Angel of Empire, uh, Forte, who beat us in the Florida Derby and Practical Move over in um, Santa Anita. And I felt of the four runner-ups in those races, we were the most impressive one, being that we lost by half a length to the two-year-old yeah. champ and who was the Kentucky Derby favorite up until that point. So I considered us a top five horse going into the race. And then the week of, Practical Move and Forte scratch. So in my mind, we were top three. And regardless of, you know, odds, which are just a man-made feature, we had that quiet confidence that the Colt, you know, was a top three participant. And at the same time, the way he took from that, the, the heat in Miami at the time, which was getting a little muggy and hot down there, the humidity, the way he just blossomed physically when he got to Churchill for those two weeks even gave us further confidence. So um, it was... That gave us the, 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 not a relaxed feeling, but just at ease to really enjoy the experience of being in the Kentucky Derby and not have any anxiety the week of the race. It was just beautiful to, to spend it with, time, with friends and family, and the end result is, is something you can't script in Disney, you know? What, the, what, what happens tonight after winning the Derby? Uh, it was just a whirlwind <laughs> evening between the press conferences, interviews, uh, going to the governor's event after the race. Finally, when all this settled down, we went to Jeff Ruby's, all friends and family, and had a wonderful time just, you know, drinking and eating and just reminiscing and basking in the glow. I mean, it's everyone's dream. It's the holy grail, and to pull it off, there's there's just nothing to say. Yeah, it, yeah. it was certainly, you know, that everybody in the game talks about the Derby and to put one on the resume, very impressive. Um, Subsequently, third in the Preakness, but I pulled up a replay of the Haskell because I'd like you to talk a little bit about this, what the goals were and what you felt like uh, coming out of it. It's going to be a little bit of an upset with Go Rocket Ride, the number one horse winning. You guys run second. Mage, uh, the number four horse, and Arabian Knight, the number eight, runs third. But again, what were your goals going into the Haskell and what were your feelings come out, coming out of the Haskell with the second place finish? Sure. You know, the, the weather and the rain's been something, uh, quite the phenomenon, not only here this meet at Saratoga, but in Kentucky earlier. Uh, this summer, we missed basically two works and the third work where he went in 107s, not really uh, right. a traditional work at all. Uh, we just kind of had to make do with what, you know, the, the way the weather was playing. So we kept kind of juggling decisions. Do we breeze him six, seven more times and run straight into the Travers? Or do we have a horse that's a couple works short, but has the talent level that that might be able to get him home and put forward a good effort? And we just felt that Running in the Travers was the wisest decision. You know, the rule of thumb is a race is equal to probably four or five workouts anyway. So I tried to communicate that, you know, the week of the race to the to the public, have that kind of transparency and let them know what our thought process was behind it. And to be honest with you, he ran lights out. He ran even better than, than we thought he was capable of with that level of fitness. Uh, hats off to Mr. Mandela and Pin Oak. Uh, they had a horse that was uh, just sharp and ready to go that day, and uh, you know he was too much horse for us uh, that Saturday. But talented colt within his own right, so kudos to them. But um, we look forward to seeing him further down the line as well. And uh, may just put in a series of works since he's been here. Three works. We're over the moon with his preparations, and uh, all we can do now is just line him up and let the racing gods. You know, see how things play out. Well, you said you felt pretty good going into the Derby. How, how, how comparable are your feelings going into the Derby as compared to going into the Travers? Uh, very similar feelings in terms of preparation. Yeah. Uh, you know, when I've had horses running claiming $3,000 races, up to stakes races, and 
you know, you've always had different levels of anxiety and, uh, and nervousness, of course, but, you know, it's the first time that I'm fortunate to be a part of a horse that has this kind of ability, this kind of talent. So all you can hope for as a horseman is that your horse is doing well, that he's happy, that he's fit. And when they convey that to you in terms of their attitude and their on-track training, it puts you at ease that you're going to put forth a good effort. And if we can hit the board, who couldn't be more happier than to hit the board in a grade one million and a half race? If we can win, I mean, you might, I, I might lose my mind and start doing dirt angels in, in, in <laughs> snow angels in the dirt. So <laughs> it's, it's that incredible. It, you know, yeah. it's, it's just a great feeling. We're very happy with the way the horse is doing. So I'm just here to enjoy uh, everything that comes about with race day. I, uh, I had one more replay to look at because uh, I wanted to get your thoughts on and talk a little bit about how you, you got the horse as well, but we're going to go back to uh, late January and see the Maiden Breaker in the career <laughs> debut. May's just going to be the number two horse. And what's notable to me is I know people who are involved in the horse run second. Uh, there's some locals involved in Bourbon Resolve, and when the race was over, I said, I think you lost to a pretty good horse. I, I, I don't think you have anything to be ashamed about. Talk a little bit about the debut effort and what your expectations were for the horse when he started the career. Sure. You know, back uh, in November of last year, uh, he was here. At the, he was in Kentucky, excuse me, at the Thoroughbred Training Center, and he had a, a work in 46 and change and came back like if he had gone out for a jog. The clocker there had told us that he had only seen that kind of performance on, on a training track, on this training track, by a handful of horses. And that right there really kind of gave us a first inkling that we had some ability. The weather became kind of tough in Kentucky, and we just didn't want to debut a nice horse in that weather. And we knew that Miami, the winters are so yeah. sunny, and it's home for all of yeah. us personally. So we sent him home, took a little bit to adapt to the Gulf Stream surface, uh, breezed a few times, and we saw this race on the calendar. Uh, Edgar Perez, who's a, a journeyman rider down in Gulf Stream who had breezed mage four times we just felt it was the best way to get his career going kind of give him uh, a ride with someone who's been familiar with him and, and edgar had been so gracious to breeze them for us several times and the instructions were pretty simple it was just kind of break out of there and kind of just stay out of trouble and just you know see what, what he does yeah no one expected him to go to the lead and kind of just wired went right around there so kind of left everybody a little bit in in shock but uh you know he was 11 to 1 there was some highly touted horses in there Horses that uh, from pretty big connections, and on a Pegasus day when everyone's trying to put their best foot forward, you know, we're, it's not like we're the most um, high profile of connections, so we were sent off at 11 to 1. But you know, we felt comfortable that we had a talented horse. But you know, there's a lot of morning glories out there, and horses that don't know how to handle the afternoon elements. So for him to put it all together first time out was a blessing. Yeah, like yeah. I said, I said that the guys were in second. I think that's a pretty good horse you guys were <laughs> at. And talk a little bit about, about buying him. Where did you get him and, and what caught your eye at the sale? Sure. Uh, Gustavo Delgado Jr. and I have been, you know, we, we created a partnership with Gustavo Sr. in uh, the summer of 2020. And uh, Gustavo Jr. and I worked the sales together uh if they can't make it, I'll just work the sales by myself and send them videos and pictures because, you know, six eyes, four eyes, yeah, yeah. sometimes better than two. But uh, we worked the sale. Uh, it was the Facebook Tipton Timonium sale in, in Maryland, a two-year-old in training sale. And um, because of our budgets and our, 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 our cap space, our limited cap space in, in buying, you kind of have to look for angles. And uh, if you look at the resume of my career, I've had the most success buying first-year progeny oh. of first-year sires. Good Magic was a colt that broke his maiden in the Breeders' Cup, juvenile, uh, won the Haskell, chased uh, Justify around, so we knew he had a lot of talent. 
and he was supported by uh, at a beautiful farm, Hill, uh, Zalapa, Alapa at Hillendale and Stone Street Farm, which are just two incredible organizations. So we knew the level of broodmares that were going to be given to Good Magic were going to be of the highest quality, especially in the first crop, because you want to you know give these stallions a chance yeah. to really come out firing. And I knew Puka. Uh, she was a very talented filly that was owned by a really good buddy of mine, Jerry Crawford of Donegal. And Bill Mott had her. She broke her maiden by like 16 and was great at stakes place. And her Beers Cup Juvenile Phillies with a better trip could have possibly wanted it. And maybe we're not in this position to buy him. But I knew it was a very talented family. Um, we, we, he had a phenomenal workout, 10 flat, and, you know, just had an amazing gallop out. And at the same time, when we went back to the barn to look at him, he's just a clone of good magic. Yeah. Uh, physically, the markings, his size. He's ended up now probably being a little bigger than good magic. But um, his cadence, the way he moves, I mean, if there was a split screen of father and son in action, you'd be quite surprised with how they, they even move alike. It's just uh, those were all the little factors that caught our attention. And um, we went into the ring and, you know, went as hard as we could, bought him for $290,000, which is, uh, for us, was probably at the highest end of our, of our, of our budget. But, um, you know, in incredibly lucky because in the end you do need, a little, you know, some luck. But... It all worked out. Do you have a preference which kind of sales, two-year-old sales, yearling sales, and are you headed down to Kentucky after the meet? I'll be down. I'll be headed down to Kentucky. You're always trying to participate in all the sales. Uh, you know, the two-year-old, two-year-old in training sales give you maybe a little more clue in how they're moving. Yeah. Uh, at the yearling sales, you have to have a little more projection in how they're going to grow physically. And with their walk that they show you, you try to project walk to jog, jog to gallop, gallop to run. So it needs a little more imagination at the yearling sales, but. Um, you know, both sales provide quality individuals. Both sales have really smart people selling these horses. Um, you just have to do your best job of trying to, you know, find some diamonds in the rough and, yeah. and, and see what you can do. I like the, the first year sire angle because that's, to me, on the handicapping side, it's always interesting when they make it to the track, who, who is going to show up and start to breed some precocious runners and whatnot right. on a handicapping angle. If you can get ahead of that curve a little bit, that's fun for the, the betters yeah. uh, as well. Before we let you go, when you sat down, I was asking you the correct pronunciation, mage, uh, because I said I've heard maj and maj, <laughs> but mage it is. But you also gave us a little background on the name. Uh, give us uh, Fill us in on that. Sure. Well, you know, obviously the sire is good magic, so that's pretty self-explanatory. Puka in Gaelic means Irish witch. So there was a little more uh, magic in there. And then Good Magic's dam is Glinda the Good, who was the good witch in the Wizard of Oz. So all this magic and sorcery and, and, and good vibes in there, we thought of the name, I thought of the name Mage. Mage means wizard, magician. So I just thought it was a smooth, you know, transition to the family line. Yeah, I yeah, like Mage it. it is. Yeah, I like it. Uh, Ramiro, we really appreciate it. I know, you know, the morning of the Travers is a busy morning, so we appreciate your coming in. But certainly we wish you a lot of good luck uh, this afternoon and going forward in a three-year-old scene that is waiting for a little definition, somebody to step it up. Uh, and we wish you uh, some good luck this afternoon in the Travers. Thank you so much. Hopefully we can get it done. It would be a great thing. All right. Ramiro Restrepo with uh, Mage this afternoon in the Travers. We'll take a break. We'll talk to New York Reds. They'll be uh, featured all day tomorrow on Showcase Day. Naj Thompson is in the house from the Breeders. All of that right after this. Stay tuned. 
turn your love of racing into savings with equine discounts through the NTRA. Purchase through equine discounts and receive great savings on well-known brands like John Deere, Sherwin-Williams, Big Ass Fans, Farmers Insurance, and Office Depot. Join thousands of other equine members and support companies that give back to the sport we all love. Call 866-678-4289 or visit equinediscounts.com to start saving today. Sometimes it pays to go with the flow, to check your worries at the door, to reconnect with your crew, to follow the thrills and the flavor, to roll with it and see where it takes you, to enjoy every minute to its fullest, and to dance like there's no tomorrow. You can do that here at Rivers Casino and Resorts Schenectady, where the good times flow. No matter where in the world you are, the excitement of wagering on horse racing is just a click away. You'll get live streaming, past performances, race replays, our virtual tote board, analysis and selections from professional handicappers, a simple, safe, and secure wagering platform, and best of all, you get track prices. CapitalOTBBet.com. Bet any place, anytime at CapitalOTBBet.com. And be sure to download our new mobile app from the iTunes Store or Google Play. Welcome back. Again, it's Traverse Day here at Saratoga, and uh, if you're headed up, I think it's going to be a gorgeous day with great racing. But tomorrow, a lot of fun as well. New York Showcase Day. Uh, the New York Bread Program has become so potent and so popular over the past few years that the New York Showcase Day, a lot of fun as well. And I thought uh, we would preview that a little bit with our friend Naj Thompson, Executive Director of the New York Thoroughbred Breeders. Naj, good morning. Good morning, Seth. Happy to be here. Yeah, happy to have you on board. Um, had Joe Applebaum on yesterday, and, and I'll, I'll talk to you about it as well briefly, um, because I showed the tape when we were down in uh, Albany uh, earlier this year for that rally. You were there, um, and I said to Joe, it was just it was fun to see a great crowd of, of all the constituency in and around uh, horse racing kind of come together to, to move forward with the refurb uh, down at Belmont, and subsequently things went uh, positively in Albany. But again, going earlier this year, it was just fun to see the the, the turnout down at Albany was very good. Correct, and then it was a great uh, representation of our entire industry, as you mentioned, behind the We Are New York Horse Racing Coalition, and really to show our legislators and everyone in New York State that horse racing has supporters, we create jobs, we have economic impact, and we have every right to, you know, not only compete our equine athletes, but have a new Belmont Park, which will be coming soon. Yeah, and uh, Joe mentioned, uh, you know, and you can speak more to that, uh, there are breeding farms all across New York State. And for folks who aren't familiar, the racing industry has such a huge economic impact. But part of that is these breeding farms that, again, are really right across the state. Definitely, Seth. Uh, 19,000 jobs. There are on average around 233 breeding farms throughout New York State, plenty here in the Saratoga County area. So as everyone knows, um, the New York prices you see competing at the tracks, especially Sunday and today throughout the car dispersed, are born and fold right here in New York and all over the state as well. Um, and speaking you know, New York breads and um, up here at Saratoga with the addition to the purses, everybody I've had in, uh, owners and trainers and whatnot, everybody's 
putting some New York breads in the barn because there's just uh, so much value to be had, particularly up here this year with that addition to some of the purse money as well. Correct. We worked hard to get a 30% additional purse increase for New York breads who compete in open company, and that was with the support of Naira and the Horsemen. We're happy to get that done, and it's all the more reason to get in on a New York bread because uh, that's where the future of New York and horse racing is going to be at for Naira. And we talked a little bit with some of the guests. Uh, again, we had... Uh, Jesse Eulery in from uh, Facebook Tipton. We talked about the big sale, but we also talked about the New York bread sale. Both sales went very well. And the New York bread sale, really, to me, over the past yeah, five or six years, has become the big sale obviously gets a big crowd and it's a lot of fun. But the, the, a few days later, the New York bread sale has become very, very popular. Certainly has. And we've had some great graduates out of that sale American Revolution, some like it hot brown, great stakes winners, uh, Robin Sparkles. So it's a great sale to pick up value. And these are New York breads that are fold in New York. And you have just as every right and opportunity to run in the big stakes races by owning a New York bread. Yeah, and it's so much money. And if you're a New York breeder, you get a little money whether you own the horse or not. Uh, I always talk about uh, that with some of the, the breeders as well because that's a great part of the program. Um, tomorrow, it is New York Showcase. Day. Let's talk a little bit about that. I had Jack Knowlton in earlier this year. They had the nice event uh, over at Ciro's, uh, what, about a week ago or so, kind of memorializing Funny Side. But we're going to take a look at New York Bread wins the Kentucky Derby. This is back in 2003, and it is uh, Funny Side getting it done over Empire Maker. Peace Rules runs third. But uh, a notable uh, move forward for the New York Bread program with a Kentucky Derby uh, win, and there'll be a little bit of uh, funny side tomorrow as part of New York Showcase Day. Definitely a salute to the Sacatoga stable, Jack Knowlton, his partners, Jose Santos, Barkley Tag, Robin Smullen. All the connections will be signing autographs 11.30 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. at the Jockey Silks Porch. And we're going to honor Funny Side because all he's done for the program and what he did in his career is continue to elevate us and move forward. Yeah. Um, so that should be a lot of fun. Also, his remains are going to be buried on the track. That's correct. You know, just outside of the clubhouse and grandstand, what used to be the exchange, will have a nice area and plaque dedicated to Funny Side's remains. So all Saratoga horse racing visitors can come and pay their tribute to him going forward. Yeah, and again, he was such a, a big part of the New York Bread program. And Jack, it's Sacatoga. It's Sackets Harbor and Saratoga. And so there is a close connection uh, between the, the horse and the community. And, and again, the, the event the other night was very well attended, which was a testament to how uh, loved he was uh, up here. But there's also, which has become kind of a fixture on this New York Showcase Day, we're going to be honoring some New York Breads uh, as well. Uh, last year's uh, inaugural group had what to me was the kind of the kickoff to the New York Bread program, Fiorito, who I was yes. here the day he broke through wow. the gate and went on to win the Whitney uh, with, I believe, Les Hewlett from Finger Lakes yeah. was on board that day. Commentator was in the first group, Four Star Dave, no surprise. Funny Side was in that first group last year, as was Tis the Law. But this year we're going to take a look at, and I pulled up, he had a very good resume, including uh, globally, but I pulled up the Amsterdam for Mind Your Biscuits because I wanted to see a Saratoga win. But this goes back to 2016. Mind Your Biscuits, Day at the Spa, and Saratoga do. Gary Siakas, nice runner, uh, all getting honored tomorrow as well as very, very talented and deserving New York Reds. Yes, our secondary class, you know, legendary New York Reds, each elevating the program. Mind Your Biscuits, the all-time highest-earning New York Bread earner. Day at the Spa, of course, an Eclipse Award winner, and Saratoga Dew, the first New York bred Eclipse Award winner. So we'll be happy to honor each of these horses and their connections following race six on Sunday's New York Showcase Saratoga Day card. Uh, and talk a little bit about the card because, uh, again, it is stakes laden, but it, it, 
uh, steaks or no steaks, it's New York bread start to finish, correct? Definitely. You know, 113 entries, so we've got full fields, six steaks, 1.25 million in those purses of the six steaks. So it's a phenomenal card, 11 races. And that's what we work with Naira to do. And it's a credit to our breeders and our New York bread owners that we're able to put on these days. And when it's in a magical place like Saratoga, why wouldn't you want to own a New York bread to compete and run here and, of course, win? Uh, and talk a little bit about you guys, the New York thoroughbred uh, breeders. And I believe we have the website. Of, and you guys have a really good website because mm-hmm. you kind of uh, keep up with the results of New York breads and New York bread races, but in, in open races as well. So it's a great way to kind of keep up with the New York bread program. Um, but talk a little bit about you guys are, are Saratoga-based, correct? Yes, our offices are right downtown in Saratoga Springs on Broadway. And Appropriate. Yeah, certainly is, Seth. And, you know, we're always trying. Our website is comprehensive and showing the latest statistics of New York Bread winners, whether by breeder, trainer, jockey. So you can come in and get some more elements about the program, breeding and farm information. As well, if you're interested in owning a mare or breeding to a stallion, you'll want to visit nytbreeders.org. And we've had Jan before. We've talked a little bit about this uh, I met you years ago uh, when you were on the Naira side of things, but but talk a little bit about uh, your career progression and in moving into uh, becoming executive director of the New York Thoroughbred Readers and, and how you got involved in the game in the first place. Yeah, you know, most like most people, my uncle and dad took me <laughs> to the racetrack beginning at Belmont Park in the OTBs. We moved to Florida, so I was going to Calder, missed that place and Gulfstream. Uh, but after, you know, college and grad school, wanted to get back in the industry, put my hat in the ring, and Naira was kind enough to answer the call. Started in marketing, moved forward to communications, lastly HR, and then got the call to help work with the breeders and the breeding program. And it's just been uh, a credit to what great industry we have and great friends meeting individuals like Seth and others who are always trying to move our industry forward and our great partners and all that we have in the New York State horse racing industry. Yeah, and uh, you've got a great board and a, from people I'm very familiar with, uh, certainly, and they're all uh, intimately involved in the New York Bread program, but great people as well. And it is a, a good program. And as they say, um, when I bring some of the folks in involved in that, Roddy, Roddy's one, Roddy Valente yeah. uh, with, with Bustin' Stones, they, they always talk about, you know, it's fun to own and it's fun to have some homebreds, but if you, you breed and you sell, you sit back and watch and enjoy when they come under the yeah. finish line as well. Because as a New York breeder, you wind up with a little breeding money just watching your horses move on. Yeah, you know, it's a credit to our state bred program that we've worked on developing with the New York Breeding Fund and that whether you're a breeder or a stallion owner or an owner, you can receive a check for owning and racing a New York bred that is winning and competitive. So those are checks that as long as the racehorses are still running, that are always going to come in for you. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. New York Showcase State today, but there are a number of these uh, events throughout the year as well, down at Belmont, uh, Aqueduct also, uh, the the focus on the, the New York Bread, probably three or four times a year, correct? Yeah, three um, state bread days we've worked with Naira to create, which feature all New York Bread cards, Saratoga Showcase Day, and of course in the fall, our Empire Classic Day, and of course in the spring as well, we around Memorial Day, we also have a New York Day, but it's been a development and shows the trajectory of the full crap that we're trying to work to increase each year, but the commitment by breeders to not only breed in New York, but run their horses in New York to receive those breeders' checks as well. I don't tout it enough, but um, they added, I think it was last year, part of the breakfast, um, Mm -hmm. folks get loaded on a bus and go visit one of the local farms, correct? Yes, that's the Naira Breakfast and Breeding Farm Tour this year featuring Song Hill Thoroughbreds and Old Tavern Farm. So it's a great way for individuals, which still goes on through the first uh, last Monday of the meet, I should say. And um, that starts in 
with the breakfast at the track. Then you take the trolley over to each of the farms. On Wednesdays, it's Songhill Thoroughbreds. Thursdays and Fridays, Old Tavern Farm. Great visit to get the overall aspect of the industry, of seeing the foals when they're young, the mares, and, of course, come back with the afternoons. That includes general admission for you to watch racing as well. Yeah, that was a great addition. I, I don't push that enough because it's fairly new. Uh, so I'm glad we, we got a chance to mention that. Songhill being uh, Jim and Tina yes. Bond, uh, fairly close, and <laughs> they do a great job certainly breeding and training and uh, they have some horses lay up at their place uh, also. And so, yeah, that, that's something to mark on your calendar, if not the remainder of the meet where you have some chances, certainly mark it on for uh, next year. Naj, appreciate the visit. Again, we wanted to get you in to preview uh, New York Showcase Day because that's uh, a nice part of uh, Travers' weekend, certainly. And as I say, I've already taken a look at the card. Nice New York bread stakes, very competitive, a lot of notable names, uh, certainly. Um, but, again, it's New York breads start to finish, so it's a, a lot of fun. It's a nice day and uh, recommended tomorrow. But, Naj, we appreciate the visit. Good luck going forward. Thank you, Seth. Hope everyone has a great Travers Day and comes back tomorrow for New York Showcase Day. Absolutely. All right, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll wrap it up on this Travers morning. Stay tuned. Excellent. Thank you. That was good. That was good. What's the Travers Day? Watch the races when you can be in the middle of the action. For nearly 20 years, Bonaventure Stables' share-based ownership program has made thoroughbred ownership affordable for the everyday fan. Ownerships of 5 and 10% are now available on a nice selection of horses. As a partial owner with Bonaventure Stables, you'll enjoy all the benefits afforded every owner. Visit with your horse in the private stable area. Greet the trainers and jockeys in the paddock. And when your horse wins, savor the moment in the winner's circle at Saratoga, Belmont, Aqueduct, or wherever you bring home the prize. Based in historic Saratoga Springs, Bonaventure Stables has been training winners and creating memories since 2005. Learn more, see available horses, and meet our team at BonaventureStables.com. Welcome back to Racing Across America as we wrap things up. Again, we, we started early because, don't forget, there is an 11.40 post time today for the opener, so things kick off early here. That means that the uh, Naira pregame show will start, uh, what, about eight minutes as I look at my clock. They're uh, scheduled to go at 9.45, so we wanted to wrap things up so you could see their uh, pregame show. Here with thoughts they had to offer on the card uh, today and it is a very good card highlighted obviously by the travers but you know the forego the ballerina i mean just great ones uh lining up uh, should be a very fun afternoon hopefully folks get a chance to make a little money and i guarantee you won't have just have the chance you will have a great time because you can see behind me the sun is now coming out uh, it's turning out to be a nice day and i think that was the, the game plan from the weather uh, I heard. So in a, in a summer of dicey weather, uh, I think Travers Day is going to line up to be a very good one. So if you're headed up here, I think you'll have a great afternoon. 
uh, here at the races. Let me just quickly give you the human side of things as we get into the last week plus, week plus a couple of days. Um, we are looking at, on the jockey side of things, Irod Ortiz has been out in front from the get-go. Irod has 46 over his brother Jose with 31. Uh, Luis Saez has 30. Of course, he's on the sidelines now uh, with that spill the other day, and we're wishing him the best. Tyler Gaffleon, 28. Manny Franco, uh, 26. Flavian Prat, 25. But Irad has a, a pretty substantial lead going into, you know, the last week plus a couple of days. Trainer side of things, Chad Brown ahead with 30 over Linda Rice with 26. Todd Fletcher, 22. Bill Mott, 14. Christophe Clement, 12. So a four-win lead for Chad over Linda Rice. We'll see how that plays out over the last uh, week plus. Um, otherwise, I'm going to wrap things up. Uh, don't forget, down at the Clubhouse Racebook today, play the board contest. You can go down and have a little extra fun at the Clubhouse if you choose that as your venue for watching the races this afternoon. Also, Fan Appreciation Day at the Gallup Inn. Uh, if you're a patron out in that direction, stop by so we can say thank you to you. Tomorrow, it's a, a double promo day down at the Clubhouse Racebook, so keep that in mind for uh, tomorrow. Otherwise, as I say, I'm going to wrap it up. It's been kind of an interesting uh, Saturday morning. It's starting a little early and tossing in uh, Naj Thompson to talk uh, New York Bread Day tomorrow, which should be a lot of fun. But we kick things off with Romero Restrepo, one of the owners of Mage, um, who, again, as the Derby winner, has that opportunity to step forward and kind of say, I, I want the head of the class of the three-year-olds because they have been knocking heads and Nobody has really wrestled control. That one, um, National Treasure, Archangelo, Forte, I'll have the opportunity to do it uh, this afternoon. Uh, as Anthony Mormino said on the Handicappers Report, should it be disarm? It just continues to throw the three-year-old picture in disarray. Disarm are one of the other ones. Um, so it's going to be a fun Travers uh, this afternoon for sure. But, it, again, the undercard stakes also very, very intriguing. So looking forward to it. And we'll talk more about it. Tomorrow, of course, loose on the lead. Steve Bick is going to be in the house, so that'll be at 10 o'clock tomorrow as we go back to our regular times, 9 o'clock for the handicapper support, 10 o'clock tomorrow for a loose on the lead. I'm going to wrap it up. Again, uh, the uh, Naira pregame show is going to start about five minutes or so. They're scheduled to kick off at 9.45, so we'll wrap it up and, and send you out in that direction. But enjoy the afternoon. Whether you're coming up here or not, you're going to play on your phone or go to one of the branches. Uh, Easy Bet or the Clubhouse Racebook. Just have a fun afternoon and uh, make some money, and and hopefully uh, we get some of those ding-dong battles we're anticipating in some of these races, and we have a lot to talk about tomorrow and smiles on our face a little bit later on today. So enjoy the racing. Uh, We will see you tomorrow morning again, regular times, 9 o'clock, handicapper support, 10 o'clock, loose on the lead. We'll see you then. Capital OTB is now streaming live on Roku. The RTN Racing Channel on Roku lets you watch OTB TV live through your Roku device or your Amazon Fire Stick, rather than being limited to computers and mobile devices, which means you can now watch OTB live wherever you are. Simply open Roku, scroll to find the RTN channel, then click on OTB TV. OTB TV on Roku. Try it now. The Clubhouse Racebook is the Capital Region's new home for racing and sports. 25,000 square feet of Vegas-style action with live wagering on the best horse racing from around the world. 
260 flat-screen televisions, and state-of-the-art wagering terminals. So don't miss out. The fun is only minutes away at 711 Central Avenue, Albany, just off exit 5 of I-90. And don't forget, if you can't make it to the clubhouse, you can always wager online 24-7 at CapitalOTV.com. Come on. I want sales reports on my desk by Monday. Whoops. My bad. Love racing? RTN brings you every live simulcast on your home television, plus live video streaming and race replays on your PC and mobile devices. To order, visit RTN.TV. RTN, a breed apart.